Here we are. Finally. Yes. Finally. We have a studio. We're calling it Studio B. Studio B. <laughs> studio B. Because we have a studio over there called Studio A, right? That's it. That's as fancy as we can get. Oh, yeah. Anyway, welcome to our show. This is Tennessee Wildcast, and this is our new inside studio. We've got a lot of work still to do in it, but we have paint on it and uh, a lot of extra drywall <laughs> and lots of other stuff. This is Jason Harmon. I'm Doug Markham. Todd Mazoris right there. You can't see Todd, but we're going to get him on here eventually. we got to get Todd on here. and. Betsy Woods is right over here. If we can do a wide out on her real quick. She's our voting oh, yeah. education coordinator statewide. She does a great job. We'll get with her in just a minute with all that's going on. And if you do not wear your life jacket and you work for this agency, you will be told about it. Right, Betsy? <laughs> if you're on camera, yes. Without okay. a life jacket. I stay in trouble. I don't stay in trouble. But I got in trouble once anyway, didn't I? Yes. Okay. I won't do it ever, ever again. Betsy does a great job and we'll be telling her. I have her. mine on, Betsy. <laughs> all the time 24 7 hey listen we got a good show betsy is great with giving us information about what's going on with boating statewide we've had some cuban fusion lately we had an accident here in middle tennessee involving the son of a country music singer and we don't all that stuff is sad and, and we don't want to get into all that more than just to talk about what he had on and, and how it confused folks and what you need to look for when you buy a life jacket. Before we get there, we got a big day coming up August 5th I want to talk about. August 6th, excuse August me. 6th, August yeah. the 6th. The uh, duck blind draws are coming up. And they will be held over much of the state. They seem like they're mostly concentrated in middle and west Tennessee. Mm-hmm. But a lot of East Tennesseans will drive over here for them. But they're August the 6th. They start at 7 a.m. The, the, you have to go out there and register. The line opens at 7, mm-hmm. closes at 10. And if you're not in line by 10, you don't get to draw, but there are many hundreds of public blinds, waterfowl blinds that are offered on that day. Make sure you have your right licenses and permits, whatever it's needed. Look in the guide, because I don't have it sitting here in front of me, but look in your guide, your hunting guide, which happens to be? Online now. Online, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Our hunting guide is online. It'll be out in hard copy paper pretty soon, but right now, today, you can go to tnwildlife.org. And you can look on the top of the banner. It's the or first can, slider on the banner. There you go. Or you can go under four hunters, mm-hmm. and it'll be right there. It'll be the second or third one there, and it'll stay there, uh, right. even when it comes off the banner. But you can find out a lot of information about what you need for all your hunting stuff. But always look look at the guides or call us if you're not sure what you're supposed to have for these waterfowl blind drawings. Okay? Right. All right. You got anything else? Uh, I don't believe so. Let's it's get just, on. It's just hot. Yeah. It's hot outside. Uh and it's fishing time it's boating time so we're going to talk about life jackets okay yep always and you know the life jackets even for you waterfowl hunters i can remember through the years betsy even a few waterfowl blind i mean even a few waterfowl hunters having accidents and drowning on on the water in the winter when the hypothermia is there so it applies to everybody weren't wearing life jackets i can remember several cases through the years so they do come in camouflage they do come in camouflage hear that so (laughs) there's no excuse for you not to have them betsy Let's talk about what happened the other day. Um, this young man was out on Kentucky Lake in Humphreys County, and he went into the water, and initial reports from the press was that he was wearing a life jacket, and everybody, including me, thought, how could he stay underwater? Because that's what we were reporting. He didn't come back up. How could he stay underwater with a life jacket on? And what I learned through all this, talking with your enforcement folks upstairs, is that there are jackets that are legal in, or there are vests in, that are legal in certain cases uh, for the towing sports. And that person, as long as there's a wearable jacket on the boat, they can have something that's kind of like a wake vest that only has a few pounds of buoyancy, not certified or by, it's not Coast Guard approved, but they can be wearing that. Is all that correct? Yes. Yeah, so yeah, 
if you looked at this jacket and saw this person from afar, it would look like he had on a life jacket. He right. probably wouldn't have been able to tell. And I was stumped, too, when all that came in. And we started looking into it, and they make jackets for professional wakeboard people, and it's for competition. It's a competition vest, and that's what this particular person had on. Okay, and if you opened up that that vest it wouldn't say coast guard approved in fact it would probably tell you not coast guard approved correct yeah it's, it will say not coast guard approved this is not a life jacket um this will not float you it might float you it might not okay well let's get Pretty past uh, and let's do a little bit more what what is it if you have this vest and then you have a regular life jacket like you've brought a lot of them in today and we want to show them the differences and talk about them but what's the difference a couple of pounds of buoyancy in these vests versus 30 40 50 pounds in a in a jacket you know, I'm not sure of the um, technical stuff behind it, but it had polyurethane. Is that right? That sounds right to um, me. Four, two mil or, or, or four mil. Neoprene. Neoprene. That's yeah. right, yeah. Um, four mil and six mil and two mil. And those might float you a little bit, but I, I had a person tell me he, he's a swimmer, triathlon swimmer. He has some pants that are four mil and he swims in those because he can't swim. He said the uh, life jacket just slows him down. He said if he were to drown, you would find him with his legs up and his head down. Okay. He said he would be floating. He said if he sits there with these pants on and if he sits there in the water, it might float him up to about the ridge of his nose. So they have a little flotation in them, but not a whole lot. Okay. And, and, and that 90. was four mil. So, you know, some of them make two mil really get that, thin yes right all right well the 90 something percent of you will never have that that's the tow when when you're being towed i mean a lot of people are towed in tubes and this was a tubing accident and they wakeboard and they also ski and whatever else there so there's the areas where i think i'm understanding that, uh, that would be legal with a wearable jacket in the boat but most of us are fishermen or we're just out recreation and around in our boats so we still got to have those Coast Guard approved, right? All yes. the time. We can't yes. wear that thin thing. No, you have to have a Coast Guard approved one. Okay. And tell us more about Coast Guard approved. Tell us where you can find it. If, if you're looking for it on your jacket, you want to protect your children, where are you going to find this Coast Guard approval? You just look inside the jacket. There'll be a label either sewn in or stamped in, and it's a U.S. Coast Guard approved. Are there two, and I might, I hope I'm not putting you on the spot too. That I say 90%. A lot of people ski. I don't want to under, underscore, underrate that. A lot of people do ski and they do wakeboarding. But do a lot of them, are you aware whether they wear these kind of vests or do they still wear Coast Guard approved or can they? You know, I, I see a lot of them wear wetsuits. And so I don't, and I don't know much about them. I don't know if they're, they're probably, I don't know if they're Coast Guard approved or how much flotation they have. But um, in our law, it says an adequate flotation device, which I guess a ski belt would remember those ski I do. belts. Sure yeah, do. You're that old. You used to ski with those yeah, yep. when you were young and sassy. Correct. Yeah. So, but I wouldn't now. But, um, you know, of course, we always recommend that you wear a, a Coast Guard approved life jacket. They that's, have the buoyancy that will float you. That's, that's all I've ever heard you say, really, is Coast Guard approved since I've been here, since I've been working with you. And that's the safe thing to look for. And it, it surprised me a little bit as the news broke about this young guy, how many folks didn't seem to know about Coast Guard approved as much as we talk about it and talk about it. And Ty, you talk about it. You went to an event today where I'm sure you talked about it. So it's just educating until until we can't educate no more, right? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, who reads a label on a life jacket? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, and I haven't looked at a, the stores lately, but there used to be some life jackets that look like a Coast Guard approved life jacket, but they're not. And they sell them in some of these big box stores, and I haven't looked in several years at that. But, um, you know, if, especially if you have a child or anybody, you just need to look for a Coast Guard approval on the oh, label. And Todd, it's, it's very <clears throat> obvious. Too. Todd's got it up behind us. <clears throat> we can see it right there. And that's what you look for. Usually, Betsy, it's either inside the jacket or those old orange ones. Well, new orange ones. You flip them over and it's on the back usually, right? Sometimes, yeah. It's, it's either stamped on there or sewn in there. You'll okay. see it. But you'll so, find it. Right. On there Correct. all the time. All right. Well, I, I hate what happened over there. I think it's probably educated a lot of folks. And sad as the case is, it's happened here. I hope a lot of folks are, are learning from it. Betsy, what, how many people do we have boating in Tennessee? There are around 270-something thousand registered boats. Okay. And then we have, I don't know, maybe 28 lakes across the state, big lakes, public lakes. I won't hold you to that, but we're around that. And, we are. And we're so does that put us, does that make us one of the most boated states in the country? It does. Uh, we generally rank between 15th and 20th in the nation for the number of equipment that's sold, boating-related equipment. And that's with counting all the, the states that have all the big Correct. gulfs and oceans around them, right? Correct. So that's pretty good for an inland state. And I understand that two of the lakes in the mid-state, it's Percy Priest and Old Hickory, are usually in the top 10 boated in the country. They're top 10 most visited lakes on the Corps of Engineers system. On the Corps of Engineers system. Right. Okay. That's and a they, lot of people. they think a lot of that is because it's proximity to Nashville. So there's so much to do in Nashville. And you know how Nashville has exploded. Yeah. All right. The man sitting right next to me has a son that's, what, four years old or five? He's four and a half. He's four and a half. Mm -hmm. uh, we got a call the other day from a young lady who had a daughter, I think, that's two years old. And we want kids to understand to wear life jackets forever. And so you start them out early, and you have to. You can tell it's a mandatory law there. But are there jackets being made for these kids these days that will keep them safe on the water? There's a life jacket they make now. It's for, I forget what the weight is. But that's important, too. When you put a life jacket on a child, you want to see what the – um, what it, you got to read the label and see what the weight of that child is, if that life jacket will fit them. But there's a life jacket called Puddle Jumpers, and it slips on their arms, and then it goes across their chest, and it snaps in the back. And they're excellent life jackets. They're really good ones. They're, um, they're good. Okay. All right. And you can say, um, we, don't have, we got a bunch of jackets here today. That's not one of them that we have. But they're also making them for different size people, right? They're also making them for men, for women, of course, kids and toddlers. What's what's going on since you started that's different in the industry with that? What are they trying to do? If you look at the life jackets, historically, we'll have a type 1, type 2, type 3, mm -hmm. um, and a throwable type 4 and type 5. All the type codes have gone away as of last fall. So that what but, they're seeing behind mm -hmm. us is going away. Well, the life jackets are not going away. Right. It's just the type 1, and they're going to change it. They are either wearable devices throwable devices or inflatable devices and the labels are going to start changing we're making it internationally um, acceptable all over the world the life jackets instead of just um, ul approved that's all the united states does that so um, kind of harmonizing the life jackets i guess is what we're saying we're doing and the Types are going away. They're going to be wearable, and you, they're going to be used in accordance with what the label says. So they're working on icons, internationally recognized icons now. For instance, it might have a canoe with a 
slash through it. That means it's not used. You can't canoe with it, that type of thing. So they're working on that right now, but you'll still see the types in the stores until they're totally gone. You'll still have them in your boat until they tear or rip and you can't use them anymore. And even if you have the new ones or the old type one and two, the most important thing to know is just look at the label and, and that will tell you what use it's for. And then you're going to be fine. I well, you, just don't want to confuse the public. You were showing us that. earlier, though, the um, inside one of those life jackets is said specifically for canoeing, paddling, and sailing. And yes. Sailing. Okay. Show that one so folks can see that. Okay. This life jacket right here. So, That's the best shot there for you, Jason. Yeah, that works. All right. Okay, so you open this up, and the label's over here, right here, and it says adult women's medium large. Sorry. Adult sure. medium users large is Coast Guard approved intended use canoeing, kayaking, and sailing. So that's this jacket right here. Okay, and that one is made for a woman, is that correct? Yes, okay. it's made for a woman. All right, so inside there you can see, and then also show us an inflatable real quick, unless you had something else in mind there, Betsy. All right. This is an inflatable life jacket. Um, turn it over, you see the Coast Guard approved label right here. Hold it up just a little bit higher so those folks can see it. Awesome. And then on the label, it says not approved for hot work. I don't know what that means, but so it says not approved for use on personal watercraft, for whitewater paddling, or for water skiing, kneeboarding, or similar towed uses. So so, well, I mean, that makes sense to me. I wear an inflatable all the time, most all the time. And uh, if you fall in the water with some of them, four inches of pressure go off. So if you're doing that towing sport or some of the other things, chances are you're going to go in the water right away, right? Yeah, and uh, that's true. And then something might hit them um, in the chamber that's uh -huh. inflated and the air might go out. Okay. We have our own um, rules and regs among our um, law enforcement people. You know, they're, we don't let them wear inflatables under certain conditions. Right. It, uh, they're not, they're okay. It doesn't say on the label that they can't, but just in our experience, some things that have happened in the past that we, you know, don't recommend that they wear inflatables under certain conditions. Added safety for our officers. Or, Correct. Or folks working on the water. Okay. All right. And then... We don't have a kid's jacket here, but you, well, you have some, the younger kid's jacket here. Don't you have a small one that's got some tape on it? Or I do, yes. Okay. This is a, a child's, it's an old type one jacket is what it was. Now it's just a child's wearable life jacket, but inside it's the Coast Guard label. And this is an offshore life jacket. Um, and it says um, U.S. Coast Guard approved. And what this jacket is, um, open, uh, let's say, offshore life jacket, this jacket is thicker than the little type, the other orange ones that you buy for like six bucks at the store. This one's a little bit different. It's, it has more flotation in it, and it's like it's made for um, on the ocean, and it has these reflectors on it. So if you get thrown out of the boat, um, these reflectors will help any rescue people see you, any rescue personnel. This will also float you face up if you happen to fall off the boat and you're unconscious. 
this will automatically turn you over on your back and float you face up. So that's a good jacket right there. It may not be the prettiest jacket in the world, but it'll save your life. And it's not a very expensive ja uh, jacket. And want to get into cost a little bit. I, I know the the original orange ones, six eight dollars at your big box stores. Uh, up to three or three or four hundred dollars for the really good inflatable jackets and a lot of stuff in between. Yes, I, you know the this particular one, the offshore. I'm not exactly sure what they cost. They um, they're bulky, so I'm sure they're they're a little more expensive. more expensive than the six bucks ones. But um, and you don't see a lot of these in Tennessee because they are offshore. I bought one the other day, mostly to demonstrate. Uh, when the press was asking so many questions about it and i bought it for 29 dollars, and it was a great jacket snapped mm -hmm. in about four spots so right. you know if you hit that water it's not going to come off of you coast guard approved great looking and and it just was not very much money at all and that's it get more and more common through the times yes um you know like you say you can start out at six bucks and go up to 300 bucks the um the little puddle jumper we were talking about for the kids mm -hmm. i saw them on sale a couple weeks ago for 11.99 I think they're normally like 24 bucks or something like that. Okay. Good little jackets. And you have a couple of grandchildren, and they're wearing those, right? They are, yes. And this is our boating educator. So yeah. she's putting yes. putting her children in her grandchildren in it. So And they're kind of fun good. because you have all kinds of characters on them, and, you know, that's always interesting for the kids. So. Bethany, how many accidents have we had that have caused deaths this year, last year, and the year before about? This year, um, unfortunately, we're sitting on 13 um, fatalities. Last year we had... What we say 14 and the year before that there were 17 something like that before that our average was 22 or 23 a year pretty consistently mm -hmm. so hopefully we'll continue this downward trend and but the, for the most part um the majority of them drowned and we're not wearing life jackets and I, and I feel like and i know we may not have numbers on that but when i talk when i'm talking about boating i always use a number like 80 85 percent uh, that i think would be alive through the years that I've been here is a long time now that if they'd been wearing a jacket, they didn't die because of a collision. Mostly they died because they drowned. Is that, is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Do we know the numbers exactly? I, well, for instance, last year, um, we haven't in the past, haven't really looked at the accident reports, but last year I did on the 14 fatalities we had, um, and looking at the accidents and what happened, um, we think that nine of those people would probably still be with us. That how many? Nine, Nine out of, of the 14. Um, okay, all right. If they had been wearing a life jacket. All right, and and through the course of history, you feel like it's been about like that? Yes, I, th I think so. Yes. Yeah. I just know that the ones where I've gone out and stood on the bank watching the officers work or the boating investigators work or riding around with them sometime, most of them would have resulted in and them living. And 100% of the time, it would have resulted in floating on the surface so their family didn't have to stand on the bank and wait on them. Now, there's other things that happen, strokes or heart attacks or things that we have to find out later. But the point is, if you have this jacket on, you're on the surface. Correct. You so, know, we still have um, that family that still hasn't found their member that early in April, I believe. We do. We so. have one on Percy Priest that's still, and that's got to be grueling to oh, folks horrible, to yes. be waiting on your family member that's been missing for a long time. So anyway, um, what about at Boater Education? This is your baby. Boater Education, is you helped get it going some years back. You and our, now our director, Ed Carter, who is was boating chief back then. Correct. And uh, maybe even my wife, Diane, helped you a little bit back then. I don't know, but... Mm -hmm. 
But tell me about boating education. How many folks have you talked to and are helped certify through the years, and what's the requirements? If you're born after January 1st, 1989, you have to have the certificate. You have to pass our exam successfully. You get a certificate to carry on the boat, a wallet card to carry with you as proof of successful completion of an exam. We have monitored exams, so you do have to go someplace and somebody has to administer the exam to you. We don't necessarily require a course, a classroom course. However, we do teach them um, throughout the state. But you can challenge the test and if you want, and good luck with that. But um, it's um, it's we generally educate or certify around seven thousand students a year. Wow, that's good. So, that's good. So we're hoping one day that the state will be fully educated, right? And people know how to act when they go to a ramp and all kinds yeah. of stuff. You still have to be twelve years old okay. to be certified, and as in this year, we're looking at twenty-six year olds. Wow. So we're getting up into that age where we're seeing the age of the people that are in accidents. Well, I hope um, that's had something to do with the numbers dropping in recent years. I, I guess I there's know. no way we would know that, is there? Well, you know, I'd love to attribute a low year to um, my education program. I, I wish with I could. You, Betsy. I think you did it all. <laughs> all right. You know, and you do your wear it campaign, too. I uh, do. Not everybody across the state knows what wear it is, but a lot of, a lot of folks do, and and you've concentrated in some areas. What is Wear It? The Wear It program is basically just an education about life jackets, the n- new life jackets that are available, that are lightweight, especially the inflatables, just um, showing people that they exist. And we started this program in 2008 mm-hmm. with a lot of money. We had, a, we had like for three years, we got a lot of money from the government to do this program. The federal program. government. Right, okay. from the Coast Guard. And um, and we had boat people that loaned us boats, and we went out there because we had tons and tons of life jackets that we were able to buy, and we were able to do a lot of media buys with that money as well. And that money, of course, went away, so now it's all under my budget, so it's it's very lean right now. But we do have a, <laughs> a <laughs> not near as many state dollars, right? <laughs> but um, but we do have a boat, a dedicated boat to this program, and I'm still able to get a couple of interns. We um, have been concentrating in the middle tennessee area because it's um it's just a better use of our time instead of traveling across the state but seeing what i see from the results our creel clerks are checking off whether the fish you know they check the fishermen and they have a little thing on their little interview sheet that says are they wearing a life jacket or not and we've seen an increase of life jacket wear rates and i if i could think of a place way to take it across the state um, you know, there has to be somebody over that program, and it's, it's very intense training for, for the, whoever's operating the boat because they have to, you know, we do the boat operation training, and, and they have to do maintenance, and then they have to tow the boat behind a truck, and so it's very labor-intensive program. Okay, and the work campaign's not just original to Tennessee, is it? This is a program that's nationwide? It is nationwide. Every The states do it differently, um, I think, just a couple of states do it like we do, actually give a life jacket away if uh, they promise to wear it all the time and sign a pledge. But a lot of it's just awareness. They, uh, we do um, wear your life jacket to work day, and a ready, set, inflate, or ready, set, wear it is a world record we try to reach every year. And that goes on. It's actually international, people using the wear it program. So. They do Japan, Australia, and New Zealand. and Do other countries like the boat as much as we do? 
Oh, yeah. It's American likes to vote. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, good. Well, I know our director used to go to Italy, so I'm going to teach them about it, but I've never been fishing over in Italy, so I, didn't, I wasn't sure about well, that. Well, let's go. Let's I would love to. Let's talk to Ed and see what we can, Director Carter, see what we can do. All right. Where can folks find more information? You've told us a lot of stuff, um, but there's so much more we haven't talked about, Betsy. If they want to learn more about boating education and see what the mandatory age is again and and see where they can go take this 60 question 60 question test it is and yeah you can challenge it but unless you're probably going to fail <laughs> unless you're really 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 studied good at home i guess but what what can they do where can you find more um at our website for boaters tnwildlife.org and go for boaters and it it lists all the counties across the state that either the classroom classes that are given or where you can go take the exam and um if you we have self-study materials that we'll send to you. Just give us a call. Our number's on the website, and we'll send the book to you. Um, it's easy. Okay, all right. So take the, go get your kids in it. Take it with you if you can. And is it still, it used to be we could tell adults that if they took the course or the class to and passed it, it might help them on insurance. Is that still a viable statement? It is. It is. And, and we challenge the parents that come with the kids to, to see if they can do better on the tests than their child can so it kind of turns into a contest and and they get a certificate too and they take that to the insurance company the, all all the courses we give are nationally approved so and okay. recognized by the coast guard all right now i know there are different folks that teach it I, with our agency i know some of our boating officers do and wildlife officers do alan harold here in middle tennessee is great he's been teaching a long time but we have these we have officers across the state to do it or is it coast guard auxiliary is it the power squadron who teaches these courses it, it's pretty much all of the above we um in, in Knoxville we have the Bass Pro and uh, Gander Mountain classes that go on twice a month. Uh, we have a one of our officers, Dustin Buttram, in um, around Center Hill and Dale Hall area. He teaches every weekend at one of the marinas up there. That's awesome. He's just tearing it up up there. Yeah. So um, so if you go on our website, you can find out where some of this is going on, and and then it's a lot of the. Just the tests themselves can be found at libraries. Is that still so? Some of the libraries are testing. They're listed on our website, and most of them you have to make an appointment to do so. We just got two, actually, in the Davidson County area that are helping us. The Hermitage Branch Library. It's the Nashville area, right? And um, Bellevue. And Bellevue. Which is a great help for Davidson County because we really didn't have any testing centers in the county before them. Okay. And then a few questions on the U.S. Coast Guard. Not that you've worked for them or, or... but but apparently they're very important toward the boating world, uh, and, and you know they're recognized for doing a lot of stuff. Being from World War II to everything else, they, the Coast Guard has been there. But they are important on the water. And do you does our agency work with them weekly or monthly? Do we report to them? Do we go meetings with them when they're making decisions on life jackets? What's our involvement with the U.S. Coast Guard? Well, everybody in the boating law enforcement division that has is. Our investigators, the educators, and our BLA, who's Darren, we all attend conferences that the Coast Guard attends, and and we serve on committees, national committees together, and um, and that we we don't make the final decision. There's a advisory council to the Coast Guard that is made up of some state people and BLAs and BLAs boat law administrators. Correct. And um, the industry and their group of, they, the one, they are the people that advise the coast guard on these decisions that they make. As far as locally in Tennessee, we work with the coast guard on special event permits on the water. 
um, any any event on the water has to have a marine permit, and so we work with the local Coast Guard on that. Um, okay, and any any anybody else that we work on on, on a national or international level with to, to help create laws that are that we use in Tennessee. The National Association of State Boating Law Administrators is our professional organization. Um, it has the committees, and a lot of these committees will produce documents and work that we can take to the Coast Guard or take to the Boating Safety Advisory Council, who's the advisory council to the Coast Guard, okay. and get things started in that direction. Do we have some laws here that are just Tennessee-specific versus, not, I mean, the 12 and under law, uh, or under 13 law for kids? Is that from the Coast Guard or is that Tennessee? It is a federal Coast Guard requirement, but um, and we adopted that. There are some states that have not. Okay, so it's not mandatory necessarily. <clears throat> not everywhere, no. There are some state-specific laws. Some of the um, personal watercraft laws, like the jumping within 100 feet, immediate 100 feet of a vessel, that's a state law. Of course, our education law is a state law. There are some state, and on our exams that we give, we're about over. We are? The, um, there are 10 state-specific questions that are just state-specific on all the exams in every state you'll go to. Okay. All right. That's a lot of information. And it once is. again, you got to go to the website to learn more. Betsy, you know a lot of stuff, and you've done a great job through the years trying to make people be safe on a great lake, a great state to go boating in with all the lakes. Well, thanks. We well, do a wonderful job. Thank and, you. And uh, I will wear my life jacket always. I will. Better. <laughs> oh, I don't care if you don't. You go, I heard you know. that already. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that was before we started, but it was interesting. Anyway, <laughs> Jason, what do you need to tell them? Uh, you can see this show and listen to this show at tnwildlife.org. Thanks for joining us this week, and uh, come back and and see and hear future shows and past shows. a ton of great shows still out there and a lot more to come with folks like Betsy Todd. Thank you, as always, for your work. Jason, thank you for your work. Thank you, and Doug. we'll see you next week with a new show.